0: This one time I was speaking at a spring break youth camp and I adapted a talk that I had for adults about purpose and everything else. And the kids were really jiving with the talk. They were really feeling it. And I get to a point where I'd spoken with adults. I always took a moment to say, if you're with somebody right now that you don't think you're going to be with for the rest of your life, you should break up with them right now. Don't wait, break up with them. All right. And I didn't work in youth ministry and I didn't understand the implications well, it turns out one of the boys took me very seriously, broke up with his girlfriend, and created a scene so bad that her mom had to come and pick her up from the camp that night. And as I walked out, beaming because I felt like my message went well, all the counselors looked at me like, you idiot. Damn, I'm glad I in high, high, high
1: school, cause my best days be Hey everyone, welcome to Unlearning Youth Group, where the podcast where we take a look at all the things we learned back in youth group. Find the good, unlearn the bad, and figure out where the heck we go from here. If we have a met, my name is Jonathan Carone, and we're joined as always by our co-host, Mr. Eric Williams. Eric, go ahead and say hey to the people.
0: What's up? Get your sunscreen, your one-piece bathing suits, and your chubby bunnies ready, because we're going to be talking about church camp this week.
1: I'm so glad you put bunnies after chubby, because I didn't know where you are going with that, and I thought that maybe we were
0: getting a little too...
1: <laughs> Excited too, here on a Friday a little
0: morning. Little too risque. Uh, chubby bunny, man, man. That, there was no, There was nothing like the chubby bunny or um, man. I forget what what they actually called it. But in the in the lunchroom, they would just be making all of these. Uh, I don't know if they call them, you know, trigger warning suicides. But it was like you would just mix a bunch of different stuff in the cups and the drinks, and whoever would actually uh-huh. eat it or drink it, just you know, was won the points. entire. Week. Yeah, you got yeah. I got points, like, which
1: which are like on whose line is the way. They they mean
0: nothing. They don't and mean anything yeah. anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I can't I can't imagine how many times I've seen somebody eat something completely disgusting just for credit church camp.
1: There's a video somewhere in the annals of YouTube that I could find, but we made this. The I, I worked summer camp one year, like full time at a at a camp, and we made this kid. We put all of this stuff blended it up and poured it into a sock and had him drink it through the sock for points that's and thankfully he was 18 years old already so yeah. we we were pretty good but like we we did this one thing where from 10 paces away we you take a paintball to the back okay for a 100 points yeah or whatever and yeah so if you haven't got the deal already this week we're talking about summer camp Because if you're listening to this right when it comes out, we're in right in the middle of summer, which is summer camp, church season. Church camp, it takes all shapes and forms. I worked at a camp where we had different groups come in every week. Eric, I know your background is more, you guys were one of the larger student ministries and you hosted a summer camp. Some places do beach camp. Some people do mountain getaways. Some people do a service project during the day with some camp stuff at night, but the general vibe is all the same. It's we take kids away from their normal rhythms to spend intentional time with them, their leaders and Jesus. That's, right. that's the overarching idea behind why we do summer camp. But I wanted to put you on the spot, Eric. I gave you a little heads up, so it's not a ton of on the spot. Okay. What was your favorite or funniest church camp experience as a kid or as a leader?
0: Well, I never went to church camp as a kid, so let's just say that um, the only experience I would have had with that as participating was like I started going to church in middle school so that I could go to the ski trip that we had, which was like an overnight ski trip thing. So maybe that was like a camp type of experience, but honestly, I don't remember much other than skiing and uh, jumping, taking turns jumping off of the loft that we had in the condo or wherever <laughs> we were sitting, like it was four, three or four middle school kids and one adult. And we would just take turns going up the stairs. Cause we had one of those like studio loft. I don't know, cabin condo things. And we would go up to the top and we would take turns like hanging off of the balcony loft and jumping down to the, uh, to the couch below us and, you know, seeing who could do it without hanging off. And then were you are going to stand and this on the is banister, why I'm scared
1: to own an Airbnb.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like thinking back to that as an adult, <laughs> I was like, number one, I don't remember if we were, you know, a top floor, bottom floor thing, but whoever was underneath us must have thought that there was just all hell breaking loose because you just boom and then come, 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 come up the stairs, boom, and then laugh and we'd go up. And the adult, you know, didn't care. He was, he was just egging us on, on there too. So that was like my only real experience. But the funniest thing leading, in church camp. Now this was a middle school church camp week long in the Midwest, typical, like there's a Lake, there's cabins, you know, anything you think of Midwest cabin type of church camp. So we would do, we would bring our full mega church experience into this church, full production, every single session, bands, everything like that. Like we would load in everything. And there was early on before I was actually in charge when I was just like leading a cabin. There was this thing where where people wanted to like there was like this culture of pranking each other like you would prank other cabins or prank other groups and these are cabins filled with you know I think it was like 12 12 to 14 kids middle school kids for two adults so just imagine that and they're pranking back and forth and then I had a group of I think 8th grade 8th grade boys and the cabin right next to us was another group of 8th grade boys and for some reason They thought it would be a good idea to prank the band cabin. Now, think about how dumb that is. You're a group of eighth grade boys and you say, I'm going to do something to the one group of adults that has unlimited access to time and resources. And, you know, they're all worship leader, band, production people. So they're a little off. So they're immature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I don't even remember what they did to the band cabin, quote unquote. I mean, but they did something. And then the next thing we know, and this is probably where the uh, where the podcast gets edited and the story gets removed. But the next day, while we were at some mandatory thing, you know, obviously where the kids had to be out of their cabin, but of course the adults in the band and production got to do whatever they want and had access to master keys at the time. Um, some policies changed after this, by the way. We'll just say that uh, they upper decked this cabin. Uh, they went into their the bathroom and, I mean, filled their toilet to the brim and the, the top piece. Shut the door, turned on the heater. So this toilet, this this cabin of boys came back to a toilet that, if you want to talk about what the like the deepest circle of hell must be like this would be the i wish people could sermon.
1: see how gross my face is right now like i'm this, just giving that yeah face.
0: this would be the sermon illustration to top all sermon illustrations for what uh a hellish gehenna type of experience would be and <laughs> of course all these kids were like oh, i can't believe this happened and i looked at them and i said you are morons you picked a fight with the worst possible people to pick a fight with but to this day, I still remember it because it was like so iconic. It, it just encapsulates all of the immaturity and stupidity and things that happen at church camp.
1: But as dumb as that is, as immature as that is, as irresponsible as that is, Are that's you the 35-year-old ge- coming you're, you're out.
0: Gonna, you're going to ju- Jesus-juke this, aren't you? You're going to make like some, some Jesus analogy here, right? I wasn't going to go Jesus, <laughs> but I was going to say...
1: Those are the type of things that build the relationships between each other and with leaders that allow you to have the authority to tell those kids about Jesus. Yep. They know you care about them. You have had fun experiences. You have had experiences that probably shouldn't happen, which is one of the reasons that it makes it even more long lasting or memorable and it's because of that that you can then ask them about Jesus or talk to them about their relationship with God or one of the things that goes into the relationship between youth leader and student and just like with if, if we were related to parenting when you go do silly things with your kids and they make those memories it, it's just that bonding experience that allows you to have hard conversations later yep which is one of the biggest pros One of the biggest good things about church camp, you go and do all sorts of stupid stuff, taking paintballs to the back, drinking out of socks, pooping in the upper part of the toilet, whatever it might be, things that make no sense to anybody and that everyone outside of the context of a church camp would say that was probably stupid. But those things open the door for spiritual conversations. And we're going to get into that a little bit more when we talk about the good thing about church camp. But our format here, we always start by looking at the bad, figuring out what was wrong with church camp so that we can unlearn the bad and figure out where to go from here. So as we move forward, we're not going to focus a ton on the bad today because that's not the point of today's episode. We've we've hit on these a few times. Eric, what's the one thing that we, whether we've talked about it or not, what's the one thing? I think is the the biggest issue
0: with church camp in like a minute. Okay. So let's put aside anything like I know some people's church camp experiences that they've had issues. Anytime you get volunteers and students together in an overnight experience or other groups of students, you've got bullying, you've got different stuff like that. Let's, let's acknowledge that happens. That can happen at any type of experience, secular or not, where you are sending people away, putting them into one room and that sort of thing. So. I don't want to minimize that part, but that's not unique to church camp. If we were to talk about what's the bad, and so I want to acknowledge that. And if that's you, like I feel for you in that story, that is something that is not right and should not have happened. If we are to acknowledge what is the basic bad aspect of church camp as a whole, where we went wrong is we inadvertently taught kids and leaders um, and young adults, everybody involved that mountaintop Jesus is the you know church camp experience Jesus, cry night Jesus. That is the Jesus that we need to aspire to connect with all the time. And that when you go back to your regular church, um, the production's not the same, the environment's not the same. You know, you don't you don't get you don't get the same experience. And so there is a little bit of a letdown to your average everyday spirituality and interactions with God.
1: And we did an episode on that called Cry Nights at Church Camp. Uh, one of the things I was going to say about the negatives was that sometimes these things can turn into mini vacations. Beach Camp, like, it, it's just a trip to the beach for a lot of kids. And they they suffer yes. through-
0: Yes, if you combine a couple of things we've talked about already. So Cry Nights at Church Camp, Mountaintop Jesus experience, but also like mission trips as vacations, Church Camp as vacation. So Church Camp almost has the Venn diagram of bad of both. You know, there is that mountaintop Jesus issue, but also the same way that we can abuse short term mission trips as vacations just to get a new profile picture with a third world country indigenous person. You know, like that, that's the same vibe and mentality of church camp is to be able to go and have a week long vacation that's just, you know, justified by your parents because it has something to do with Jesus.
1: We've done episodes on both of those things, so if you want more in-depth of what was bad, what was good, where to go from here on those two things, go back and listen to those past episodes. But We've spent a ton of time this season on bad issues, and so today we actually want to focus more on the good of church camp. We don't want to gloss over the negatives, but we feel like we've talked about a few of those in the past, and today we want to talk about how we can apply the things from church camp to our lives moving forward, and how we can take some of those church camp principles and use them to lead our kids better. And Eric, we we kind of hit on this with the pranks, but the relationships that were built in church camp were incredible. I we're, we are we are decades out from when we were leading these camps and we're still telling the stories
0: of what happened. Yeah. And I think this is where, you know uh, if you're on Facebook or time hop or whatever, and you see your memories every summer, every summer it's, it's very um, nostalgic to look and see memories from church camp, but also all of my former leaders, when I was leading these church camps, they will be posting and sometimes this is a situation where you've got like a 40 or 50 year old woman posting memories with her now 20 to 25 year old students that, w- that were in her cabin. And so that would be something else that like the good we design person, Dude, the, I'm going this, to a
1: wedding for one of my former students in like three weeks. Yeah. I and mean, this is some of those
0: relationships.
1: Like I'm sure we're going to talk about the time we were at camp. And for some God awful reason, we decided to have a trophy for different groups yeah. And so our group, their junior year of high school, we locked ourselves in a cabin for three hours while all the middle school kids tried to get in with a sword, a legit yeah. sword, and we were hiding this. Like that was probably 13 years ago at this point. Yeah. Um 12, 12 years ago at this point. And so like we're gonna talk about that at his wedding in a couple
0: weeks. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the so so when we talk about what what happened in a good way. And I can talk from, you know, cause I was leading these church camps for, I don't know, five, six years or something like that. And we would intentionally like group the students together from the same campuses. Cause we had a multi-site mega church, you know, seven, six campuses, whatever. And we would intentionally put leaders. So like, if you had a, you had a life group or you had a small group that you were leading throughout the year, I I was intentionally trying to put the same gendered students from your group. In your cabin combining there. And then there would be times where you'd have a high school student that would then, you know, pour into a middle school student's life. And we would always try to match up where you're like you said, those relationships where who who looks like an absolute God to a sixth grade boy, uh, an 11th grade boy, you know what I mean? Like, Just- who? who is who is an 8th grade girl or a 7th grade girl aspiring to be that senior girl you know so putting them in the cabin with them to lead but also we would have these leaders that would be 40 50 60 years old that are like oh i think i'm too old for church camp and i would look at them and i would i would tell them by their name which i won't say their name now but one of them listens to the podcast for sure and she knows it i would i would look at her and i would say no, those girls need to hear from you because they need to know what a, what a God honoring relationship with Jesus looks like at, a, at 18 years old and at 60 years old. And you have a different perspective that you're going to bring. And she was one of the most popular cabin leaders every single year. And it was like, so we were able to put people together where you could say, Hey, middle schoolers, this is what following Jesus looks like when you're 18. This is what following Jesus looks like when you're in college. This is what following Jesus looks like when you're married and, you know, when you have grandkids and to give them that, that sight and that view. um, The other thing that it did too, in a lot of cases, these kids, some of them, well, I mean, in middle school, most of us didn't have a great relationship with our parents, right? Like there was a three to four to seven year gap of like, all of a sudden your mom and dad were they were the dumbest people on earth but then you're interacting with people your mom and dad's age to get a little bit of a different perspective on what that looks like. And so we'd seen family relationships mended just because uh, somebody would have a conversation with their cabin leader. My wife was a cabin leader that would have conversations with these girls that you know their parents were maybe five to 10 years older than her, but she's sitting there trying to provide healthy perspective to mend these relationships with with their girls and their moms. And it was just like, Aside from the spiritual connection, just the life connection was just amazing to see.
1: So those are the good things in camp. What do we do moving forward? How do we take these ideas and apply them to the people we are leading now, whether it's our kids or if we're youth leaders, what do we do moving
0: forward? Well, I think. As adults, we don't get those experiences as much anymore. And I think as adults, we try to find those. You know, it's very this is very like typical, uh, typical itinerant preacher message that where I'm gonna do a gospel presentation, pass the bucket, <laughs> and have everybody, you know, come down and what what did you say the couple weeks ago, give your life to Christ, rededicate your life to Christ, or go into full-time, full-time mission yeah. work, right? So we need to take that time away. And a lot of us seek it in other places. And I saw one of my Facebook friends. She was running what she called an adult camp and, you know, it was like, Hey, try to get it. We're, we're going to rent out this thing and go and have the same experiences we had as kids only add alcohol. You know what I mean? And it was like, <laughs> obviously it wasn't a church camp type of experience, but it's like, what was she trying to do with that? She was trying to seek out those same type of moments where we intentionally pull away from our everyday lives and go and connect with other people. And we try to achieve that through vacations. We try to achieve that through date nights, you know, in def- different areas, but there's, there's a gap in, in our, in our vacation world and our date night world and our, you know, whatever we want to consider all the same, where it's like, do we get away with other people uh, of faith where we can connect with one another and connect with Jesus? And I know for those of you who are like my age or, or in, Mine and Jonathan's stage of life, you're like, I don't have time for that. Like, my my seven-year-old's not gonna let me do that. My five-year-old's not gonna let me do that. It's like, I'm sure it looks different because it's hard to get away for a week and to find the camp and to do the thing. And but but like we need to find those experiences somewhere, somehow. But two hours if- on a Wednesday
1: night with a small group. Yeah. That that's why those things are so important. It's like, yeah, it's not camp. Yep, but it's getting away and spending time with other people in relationships and with Jesus, like intentional time. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, no matter what it looks like, we have to make room in our schedules with our spouse, with our kids, with our friends, whoever it is yep. to slow down and not have every waking moment filled with an agenda. Because if you remember camp, some of the best times were that two or three hour afternoon period, where nothing was really scheduled. It was just free play or whatever. And you end up doing the stupid stuff or you create this new game that you make the rules up as you go. And it was just a fun time to be together. Like we have to have those unhurried times. And I get that it's hard. Like a typical week during the school year for us, Monday night, my wife works late. Her clinic runs, runs late. So dinner and bedtime is on me she's not home until at least she's off work at least 6 30 and it's 30 minute drive home so I I'm getting the kids ready for bed and dinner and all that stuff she might not even see them Tuesday night is for soccer and or dance Wednesday night a couple times a month is our small group Thursday soccer practice we got soccer games on Saturday mornings and in church on Sunday you had a homework and grocery shopping and laundry and cleaning and the week gets away from you really really easily I I know people talked about being busy when I was younger, and I didn't realize at the time how much kids and activities add into that. So I see how how things get away from you. It's so easy to just let the calendar dictate, and I feel like this is such a cliched Christian message, but the it's so important to get away. If Jesus had to make time to get away, to spend time with his father, then I would think that maybe we should have to do the same thing as well.
0: Yeah, I I do agree with that, that cliche piece where it's like, I could just, I could just imagine someone with a, with a Southern draw getting up there and saying, you, Jonathan, you want to know what kind of things you value most? Look at the two C's, look at your calendar and your checkbook. (laughs) You know, it's like, what do you spend your time on? What do you spend your money on? That's a cliche. If someone
1: audited your checkbook and your bank account. Would they realize that you were
0: a follower of Jesus? Would they see Jesus, you know, Jesus, but it is a cliche for a reason because there are parts of it that are very true. And so what does your calendar look like? You know, what are the things that you are focused on? And I think the aspect of church camp that, that we have to remember is it didn't happen every week. If I could just say one thing is, is church camp didn't happen every week. So two aspects. One of what you just talked about, you have to plan for it, and that's what's great is because in our context, in the church that I was working for, uh, it was basically ten months out of the year we were planning for church camp. We it, essentially, as soon as the week, like we had the next week set or the next year's week set out, so that we could advertise the Thursday, Friday. You know, when the parents picked up, we had a brochure ready to go or a save the date for next year. Because we thought about it 10 to 12 months of the year. And we were planning it. was so important it. that you planned for it. We planned for it. We anticipated it. It's like a good vacation. You need to have something positive to look forward to. So it doesn't happen every week. So we need to, in, what are the things in your life that you are looking forward to connecting with other people and getting away and having that experience? And is it something big enough that you're actually planning for it 10 to 12 weeks out of the year? So number one. Number two, it doesn't happen every week. So we can't expect that same experience every week. And so we've talked about it in previous podcasts, go back and listen to them. But one of the worst pieces was you would have that Thursday night for us, we ended church camp on Friday. You'd have that Thursday night worship experience, everybody a cry night, everybody this and that. It was amazing. And then a glow party and all, you know, it was the best worship production experience you could ever have. Or if you were in college and you went to passion or you went to, you know, whatever you want to say, And then you go back to your church on a Saturday or Sunday and you're just like, Oh, we're not playing the songs that I like. And I want to hear, Oh, the, it's not quite the best a band. Oh, you know, the lights and the, this and the, that there's no, there's, there's no glow party. And you just like, you start to feel this lull and you start to feel this like vacuum where man, regular everyday spirituality, Christianity, worship sucks. And I need to remind you, that church camp didn't happen every week, every week, what happens is, uh, I actually heard somebody put it this way. It's like food. It's like food. There are sometimes fast food does the, does the job. There are sometimes that you need to actually plan out, have a gourmet dinner, but nine times out of 10, your dinners are going to be the thing that you're cooking. You know, whatever it's, it's going to be about the same pig, cow, or chicken with a vegetable, with a, with a grain, and it's something you got from your local Kroger Smiths, Piggly Wiggly, whatever you shop at. And then, you know, that's what we need to remember is that that's where we find Jesus the most is in those, I think those 90% of life where it's, it's just everyday spirituality and connection. So as we close, I think, come on down to rededicate your
1: life to Jesus, to uh, give your life to him for the first time, or to... Give your life to full time ministry. But we're gonna pass the plate seriously. again.
0: <laughs> the bridge, play the bridge one more time. What, can we get the wo wo chorus going? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Arms high, heart abandoned. Friends are friends forever. Oh
1: God, I got. So you many want me just
0: to keep going?
1: <laughs> no, because we got to get out of here.
0: <laughs> okay, we're, we're taking
1: up too much time already. I think the the big takeaway that that where do we go from here is just think about. How can you have the church camp experience in your life with your family or with people who are in your life where you just take intentional time to set apart with them and with Jesus? It's not just a vacation. It's being intentional about those conversations, about spending time with Jesus yourself and helping lead others in your sphere of influence to spend time with him as well. And I want to be the first to say, in case you're hearing this wrong, I'm terrible at this. Like I struggle with it all the time, so there's no shame in this at all. Uh, I have good intentions all the time, but then something comes up, and I justify it. And before I know it, it's been a couple of weeks or a couple months since I've had a spiritual conversation with my kids. So I get it. I get where you're at. I, I think this is this is a very aspirational idea, and I hope that you hear that from us. This is what uh, we should be aspiring to, and it's not a shame filled insult if you're not doing this now. So just hear that from us. I, I want to make sure we say that. So next week, we always try to end on an important episode, uh, one that will stick with you through through the gap betw- between now and the next season. So next week, we're talking about probably the biggest issue, big picture, when it comes to youth group in general. We started this season off asking, is youth group even good? Next week, we're going to close it off. All- talking about how most youth groups swung the pendulum of grace on one side and behavior modification on the other. And you were known for either being way too overly gracious and never talking about sin and never talking about the things that we're not supposed to be doing, or you went the totally opposite direction and just cared about if your kids didn't drink or smoke or chew or hang out with any of those who do. And so that was your judgment on if you had a good ministry or not. We're going to try to find where the truth lies in the middle and how we go about that. If you want to continue the conversation, I am at Jonathan underscore Caron on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Eric is at EricW712 on all those platforms as well. If you've got a story for us or you just want to reach out and have some questions, you can email us at hello at unlearningyouthgroup.com.
0: And what we need you to do because of this week, send us your favorite church camp songs. What, what, what's the song that you think of (laughs) when you think of church camp? What it was, were you standing in a circle, everybody holding hands and singing friends of friends wherever? If the Lord is the Lord of them, you know, what was it? Let me know.
1: That would be a really fun conversation. So
0: subscribe to the show, rate us, review us
1: wherever you get podcasts, Uh, share it with a friend if it helped you, but we will see you next week for the final episode of season four, have a great week!
0: And a friend will not say never because the welcome will not end. Oh man, that's just a great uh, lifetime's not too long to live his friends. <sighs> Bonfire Man, then Chubby Bunny, then go make out with your girlfriend behind the uh, the cabin. See ya. Ta-da!